0: Exactly. Well,
1: happy Friday, everybody! Welcome to another episode of FinTech Fridays. I'm super excited to have Michael Hammond on with us uh, this week. Um, I, I would say Michael is my inspiration and motivation to to do my own podcast. So, uh, Michael is the founder and CEO of Next Level Advisors, and also is the host of uh, FinTech
0: Hunting, which I think
1: you're. Over 100 episodes are closing in on that?
0: Close to it. We're about 96 this week, so it's coming up very quickly.
1: Well, congratulations. Uh, My little humble uh, show here, this is our 18th episode, so I've got a long way to go to catch you.
0: Uh, Well, I'm glad you're doing it, and it's exciting. You continue to add value, so thank you so much for having me on as a guest.
1: Yeah, thanks for joining. So as you know, I think you've seen one or two of my episodes. I like to... Start by asking people what they think of when they hear the term fintech. So let's hear it.
0: Well, as I talk to people all across the industry, you get all kinds of different answers. You know, the the most basic one is it's financial technology. Well, hey, that's great. Thanks, Michael. That shed a lot of light on the, the subject. And then I think you really have a couple of camps. Some people see fintech as it's kind of the evil technology that's out there that's going to replace every individual, whether you're a loan officer, whether you're a real estate agent. My definition is somewhere in between. Where can you leverage technology to foster, grow relationships, improve uh, workflow, create efficiencies, and really make it a better lending process? So fintech involves, in my opinion, a little bit of all of that. Uh, instead of the polar opposite side of, you know, it's evil; they're going to take all the jobs, or it's just standard technology, and who cares? Everyone has it. Right.
1: Cool. I appreciate that. It's uh, it, it is, you know, almost 20 episodes into this, and and the definition continues to amaze me. How how different it is, and I, and I think the way I think about it, it's it's really defined in the context of how you consume fintech and use it in your business. So I appreciate your, your thoughts on this. Uh, so let's, let's talk about your thoughts. Your, let's start by maybe just telling the audience what next level advisors does. And I think that'll shed some light into the unique insights you can provide us around what you're seeing in the industry.
0: All right. Well, Next Level Advisors, we're a strategic advisory firm that helps companies grow. Whether you're a lender, whether you're a vendor, whether that's sales, marketing, PR, social media, we bring a much different approach than a typical agency. Uh, We've been on your side of the fence, former CEO of Mortgage Cadence. I ran an LOS company called DynaTech for almost 10 years. So I understand the tech and the nuances. I'm a certified mortgage technologist from the MBA. So I think we try to bring a unique perspective and do whatever we can on that top end to help companies grow. As far as why does that apply to FinTech and how is that going to impact your listeners or our listeners on the FinTech Hunting Podcast? It's about adding value to the industry. As you know, you interview people. I've learned more from doing these interviews and finding out what's out there and what people are doing from a tech perspective. I, I also coach loan officers and lenders through 2020 Vision for Success and i love those interactions because i have a very good pulse then of what are people feeling in the industry where's the pain where are they struggling and hopefully then as we have guests on we can add more value to the industry
1: i I love that you uh you talked about the process of doing these interviews these podcasts and the learning that that you get from that people are asking me how do you have the time to do the podcast a which you know you figure that out and b how does it help your business? And um, and my answer is the time, at first I was intimidated by how much time it was going to take. You know, it's one hour a week. It's not that much time, frankly. Um, but as I got through, like, the first two or three episodes, I had the same kind of aha moment, I think, that you probably had 95 episodes ago, that if I just wanted to call you, Michael, and say, will you spend an hour with me and just talk, let's just talk randomly about, Whatever kind of comes to top of mind, you'd be like, "What? that's kind of crazy. Why would I do that? Well, instead, I invite you to come on my podcast, and we're doing the exact same thing. I am, I learn from every one of these conversations, and I, I can't say that they're directly impacting you know sales at Finlocker, but I do believe they're helping me personally better understand how folks that I'm trying to, to help in the industry are thinking about problems that we potentially could solve. So I, I love that you – talked about that learning process in these in these podcasts
0: absolutely and i think i think it's critical right like you said so many people are why are you starting a podcast or why are you doing videos and i think too many people are short-sighted that they want that instant did you close a deal off of this podcast no i i didn't but how many times do we learn something you're like wow It was really interesting, somebody was talking about RPA or I had an actual NASA scientist on and he was talking about AI in the mortgage industry and what they're doing and like you said, I learn something new every time and then can I apply that to something Next Level is doing or something one of our clients is doing is they're trying to grow their business. We can provide a key insight and that's why I get those insights from all of the lenders, the originators, the brokers that I'm coaching I find out a lot of what are their pain and their friction points. Right. Yeah. And then as it. I work with tech providers, I can share those insights, and it's a win-win for all the parties involved.
1: Totally agree. So let's let's talk a little bit about what you've what you're doing in your day-to-day business outside of fintech hunting, although that's part of it. You know, specifically, you know, as we kind of hopefully get to the tail end of of the uh, lockdown part of COVID, I don't think we're I have a feeling we're going to be dealing with COVID for for some time in the future, if not some degrees of it forever. What what have you seen or what are you seeing today that lenders, originators of all size are focused on in their business as it relates specifically to technology?
0: As it relates to technology, I think, you know, if you look from a, let's start with vendors first and then we'll go into the lenders. I, I think from a vendor perspective, they're trying to figure out, With things opening up and then maybe closing down again, what is their strategy going forward from a sales, from a marketing perspective? Do we go to this trade show? Is it live? What if it gets canceled? Will it provide as much value to us if it's digital as if it was live? And then I think the the biggest challenge for the vendors is to look at it. and, And to me, I don't think it should all be, well, we're back to normal. Let's all just do live or nope, we're not, and let's all do digital. I would find where's the right mix? I think some of the conferences, to be honest with you, I hope never come back (laughs) or stay digital. And I think some of the other ones that are live, they're very hard to replicate that networking and that personal interaction. So from a vendor perspective, I think that's a lot of people are trying to find their way and figure out what is the best strategy to continue to grow their company on the lender side i think what lenders are really focusing on is okay you see all of the mba predictions it's going to be thirty percent less origination volume this year we've shifted from refi to a predominantly purchased market and everyone says okay michael that's that's not new news at all but how loan officers how lenders how branch managers how executives have to respond to that i think is what's critical and what's top of mind for them Last year, if you could take an application, (laughs) man, you you had more than you knew what to do with. Some lenders even raised their rates because they couldn't handle all the volume. Now when it shifts and you're in a purchase market and now you've got to fight for deals and you've got to establish relationships with realtors, they're looking at how can they use technology effectively to help with some of those processes, right? So you see a lot more interest in whether you wanna call it a CRM, whether you wanna call it marketing automation, whether you wanna call it customer experience platform, or all companies focusing on experience and developing customers for life. They're trying to find, the lenders are trying to find that right mix of technology. What can I use that's gonna stop people from shopping 10 other lenders and actually stay very sticky with mine? What are the tools that I could provide? Can I provide a fin locker earlier on in the whole process so that I'm much stickier earlier on? Can I leverage different technology tools so that I have more frequent touch points such as text, email, you know, voice, and have call routing so that when A call comes in, and if one LO can't answer, it can automatically route it to the next LO, to the next LO, to the next LO, so that you're very responsive. I just saw a survey that one of our clients is working on right now. Sixty percent of lenders, when they were contacted about a potential lead, never even responded. Yeah. Never even responded. You know, so I think – People are trying to use tech to better monitor that. Where are their leads coming from? How can I maximize my leads by using the tools most frequent that, you know, people respond to? Text messaging is one of the best tools, and most lenders still aren't using text.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's, text is amazing to me because um, now this is just me personally as a consumer, right? Um, I've got my business email that I manage, and that's a frickin' full-time job just to stay on top of that. <laughs> I've got a couple different personal email addresses that I use for different reasons, and it's not, you know, there's there's a process to stay on top of that. But in the in the order of prioritization in those in those um, platforms, it's business and then those two personal emails. But then text trumps everything. <laughs> yep. It's still to me when I get a text. I'm inclined, and this is just me as a consumer, as a person, I'm inclined to react right away to a text still today. And I don't know how long that'll last, but I think you're right. That's you've, I think lenders, salespeople of all types need to figure out how to responsibly leverage text so that you're not lost. You don't, you know, you don't want text to become the personal email box that someone creates for junk.
0: Correct. So you can't spam them. You have to provide content of value. Yeah. Uh, But even if you're a lender trying to build your realtor network, especially in this purchase market, what do the realtors do? Yep. They've got those three or four email accounts like you have. They've got the voicemail, but guess what? They're at an open house. They're not checking all of that. But if somebody texts them, they're going to respond instantly. And I've even seen people now in platforms that allow you to send video through text, and they'll send a 20 second video, a 30 second video. It's highly engaging. Yeah, it it humanizes the person's brand, and it helps them stay top of mind with their perspective, whether it's realtor, you know, partner, or with their actual borrower.
1: Sure, and I, and I think there's there's platforms out there for just about everything you just described that are affordable and consumable by companies of all sizes. And, absolutely and, and i think so you and i are are in the detroit area we we know there's a the, the there's a couple large mortgage <laughs> companies here in our backyards and one in particular that everybody knows um it, that that has done just a remarkable job building a brand um creating a a marketing um engine right that yep. that today they fulfill with a mortgage product they're starting to get into other products, um, but they've really built a a marketing engine first, and the products will fall in line behind it. So as you are talking with coaching, counseling, these originators, again, of all sizes, um, I I have to believe that that the benchmark for consumer experience expectation has to be Rocket, right? That's kind of has right. to be that's, the, that's the kind trick. of the
0: benchmark that everyone's striving for how do i at least come up with a way to replicate that same type of experience the other benchmark that i would say which is outside of the industry but everyone has to deal with is the amazon effect
1: yeah totally
0: that customer experience where hey i just ordered something and people are kind of pissed off that they don't get it later in the afternoon if it comes yeah. the next morning they're like hey why did and everyone says well what does that have to do with mortgage People are now conditioned to, when I request something, I want information back. When I order something, I need it to be fulfilled. If it's not going to be fulfilled, I want you to give me multiple options. I want you to set better expectations. So I think that dramatically impacts what these loan officers, brokers, and everyone can do. And I think they've got to look at use technology to help respond more effectively in a lot of those scenarios.
1: Yeah, and you 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 hit on use technology to respond. I think if if the industry just focused on that first piece right there alone, respond, <laughs> and and responding can mean a lot of things, like answer your phone. There's a there's a broker, uh, really successful broker in Arizona, Todd Bitters, and he he his calling card is I answer my phone when it rings, I answer it, and and over years of doing that, he's built this reputation among his referral partners that when they send a client to him and they call, that, they call Todd, he's gonna to answer, or when they call Todd, he's gonna to answer. But it's respond, and, and there's many ways to respond.
0: Well, and I love that. I have a loan officer I work with down in Florida, Pam, and her tagline is, if you're working, I'm working. Yeah, and so every email every text message everything that goes out from her but that way if it's a realtor and they're trying to get a buyer in a house on the weekend and it's in the evening on sunday they know they can go to pam why because if they're working pam's working and she's kind of built that brand and that's a, another form of being able to respond yeah always being available to them
1: yeah i think to your earlier point on consumer expectations uh, if a consumer goes to Google and they ask a question, they're not—they don't close Google and, and expect to get an email back an hour or a day later. They get the answer right then and there. And I think the same now applies to inquiring or, or understanding options as it relates to getting a mortgage. It's—it's it's instant. I want to know the answer to my question right now. I want to know what the rate would be right now. Will I qualify right now? And and. I, you know, as I look at the landscape of of tech providers, <clears throat> there now are a series of tech providers that, if you stack them together in the right way with the right sequencing, you can create again an affordable, consumable tech stack that will maybe not give you the full rocket experience, but at least let you play in that space.
0: I couldn't agree with you more, and I think, you know, everyone always asks me, well, Michael, you've been doing this tech stuff for a long time. What do you recommend? And my answer almost all the time is I recommend the tech that you're going to actually use and that's going (laughs) to fit in your tech stack seamlessly. I've been on coaching calls with LOs, and they're like, well, I have three point-of-sale systems and two LOSs. I'm like, well, how many can you use at one time? And they're like, well, (laughs) one. So they're spending money. They're wasting it that I think to your point, you don't necessarily need the biggest system, the shiny object syndrome, go to a platform. And I'm like, if your company's already tied into a specific LOS, find out what CRM is already integrated with them. Yeah. Like, oh, well, here's the two or three. I'm like, okay, then let's look at what are the two or three things you're trying to accomplish? Do they have post-close lead nurturing? Yes, they do. Do they have realtor outreach? Yes, they do. Okay that will work for you. Don't yeah. get caught up in all of these other bells and whistles, use what's gonna work within your platforms. And I love the point you made about tech stack. So many people, they run around and they chase technology and then they don't even realize that it doesn't fit their tech stack. That's right,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a waste of time. I don't care what the cool bells and whistles are, if the data's not gonna flow, you're not gonna deliver a great customer experience if it's all disjointed in all of these different silos
1: yeah I think you you uh, you hit on something and this is the way if I was a lender of any size the way I would think about um technology and 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 how I sequence it together I would I would start with the the biggest piece not necessarily the biggest piece of tech but what is the what is the chunk of tech that I use that is you know captures 50 percent of my business for most people that's going to be your loan origination system Yep. And, and so to your point, every loan origination system has a set of integrated partners and 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 they all vary and they have, you know, different flavors, but I think if you started there and and worked your way back, you know, with the end in mind, what it what do I want my consumer experience to be? Now, the answer based on what you want your consumer experience to be maybe you need to get a new LOS and if, and if that's the case, you got to start there.
0: <laughs> yep. No, I agree completely because I think sometimes people start in the craziest directions and you're like, so you got a CRM, but you're not even using your LOS yet, or I'm trying to develop a web app and they're bouncing all around, and I think they also have to realize what their role is in this whole mortgage process. If you're a broker, you're only handling these 15 or 20 steps. Maybe it's not the LOS. Maybe it's the POS so you can get the web app. Yeah. And then it's yeah. going to flow into whoever you're selling the loans to and everything else in their system. if you're selling all of your loans to one of the other big players here in Michigan that we both know yeah. very well, then make sure it works with their systems, yeah, uh, but I think fit that tech stack fit is absolutely critical, and you don't have to be a master at technology, whether you're a one person shop trying to get it going, whether you're larger to realize the systems are gonna work or they're not. Talk to other users that are on both platforms and find out what kind of experience they're getting.
1: So let me ask you this question. It, it kind of falls in line and, and this is, uh, I, I see a lot of chatter around this, this topic or this comment. I'll see posts from originators or even lenders uh, saying, I, I signed up with X and it's not working. I'm not getting any new business from it. And then, if you drill into the, the the chain, the thread, lo and behold, they literally signed up, turned it on, but didn't really do anything from a strategic perspective to leverage the platform. I, I just I want to hear from your perspective. I, I think it's the same as mine. There isn't a silver bullet out there that you can sign up with a tech provider and automatically, without any effort of your own are gonna drive results it 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 has to be you have to roll up your sleeves and get your fingernails dirty and get in and work it
0: I couldn't agree more and I think that's one of the biggest problems like I said whether you're a one-person shop or you're part of a large organization if you're a one-person shop you can go buy all these tools but if you don't know how to use any of them I can't tell you how many calls I'm on where the person's like well I have this tool but I don't really know how to use it I'm like well then you're getting no value from it so I think People have to have skin in the game. And then I think larger organizations, one of their biggest challenges is they want to buy these tools for their loan officer, for their broker network, for their correspondent, wholesale channels and everything. User adoption is critical. Yeah. And trying to tell somebody, here's five videos to watch or here's a training manual to read and not really showing the business application and how to use it is a huge mistake. Yeah. I mean – Companies are investing millions upon millions in technology and 60, 70% of their company is not even using it. Yeah. What a oh, waste. Yeah.
1: yeah. I see that a lot. Um, it, it, you know, and we're, where I sit, we're, uh, we're, we're starting to get into the, in, into a, a deeper space and, in, in implementing more and more clients. And I, I have to take the approach now where yes, the the prospect that I'm showing my platform to has to understand and believe that this is a good tool for them. But I'm also now understanding that we're not for everybody. And having those conversations has actually been a little bit freeing, frankly, um, because I now understand at least what are the, what are the core uh, attributes or skill sets that this lender, this organization needs to have in order to make my product successful in their shop. And if they don't have them, I'm, basically saying, guys, we're just not a fit. And, you know,
0: I so love that, and I hope every tech provider out there listens to what you just said. It's hard. It's hard to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> when you're trying to grow, you're trying to hit quota. You want to meet expectations. You want to exceed it. You've got to respond to investors and everything but the worst thing you can do is shove a square peg into a round hole. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to convince them, and then once they get it, they'll change. They're not going to change. If they don't embrace technology, if they don't have someone on the team who is the champion for it, if there's not executive buy-in where they know what the tools are supposed to do and they're really tracking them, good luck. It's never going to work, and I don't care if it's a POS. I don't care if it's your tool. I don't care if it's a loan origination system. More than likely, it's going to fail.
1: Absolutely, hundred percent agree. Well, man, can you believe it? We're already almost at twenty five minutes. We could <laughs> I could do this for uh, for hours. I know. Uh, so let's let's do this. I want to I want to let uh, let my audience, which is much smaller than yours, by the way, but hopefully there's a few pe- people checking this one out that don't already know about what you're up to. I want I want you to talk a little bit about fintech hunting. It's a to me, it's one of the best mortgage focused or financial services focused. Uh, Podcast out there. I follow it religiously, and I think you and I both now are are putting our shows up on the Mortflix platform. So tell us yep. a little bit about fintech hunting.
0: Fintech hunting. It started almost two years ago now, prior to COVID, and really, it, I was at a conference. I was at HousingWire Engage a few years ago in Charlotte, and I'm sitting in the room, and you and I have both been in the industry. We'll just say twenty plus years, and we'll <laughs> leave it at that. And I'm sitting there, and people are talking digital this, digital that. You've got to start putting yourself out there. And I quickly realized that if I didn't start doing more of these things, I was going to get left in the dust, not just for me personally, but for what next level was going to do and the value we could bring to people. So started the podcast. It's called FinTech Hunting. It's published every Wednesday. You can find it on all the major platforms for a pure podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, all of those and then now it's evolved to also a video cast right cuz some people prefer video some people prefer audio they want to listen to it while they're on the treadmill something else but so we're couldn't be more pleased to be part of Mortflix right the, the mortgage industry's Netflix it's yeah. got so much great content i know you're on there and your listeners continue to grow and expand, and I couldn't be more excited for you. Uh, and if I had just a speck of anything to do with that, then that's the best compliment I could get because I love listening to your show. Uh, your listeners are, or your guests always provide great insights. So that's, it's, we interview vendors. We interview lenders. We interview executives. Anyone in financial services, we're going to cover the whole gamut. It could be yeah. cybersecurity one week and it could be engagement and diversity and growth the next week. But we want people that are out there trying to make a difference, trying to add value to the industry so that our listeners can take some notes, find someone to talk to, and hopefully reduce some friction in their lending process. Love it. and. and-
1: by far the, the best uh, best podcast name that I've seen, Fintech Hunting. I, I love it.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. I greatly appreciate that. Uh, our good friend Eric helped me with that uh, one lunch meeting a couple yeah. years back.
1: That's so great. So great. Well, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. Always enjoy uh, chatting with you. Um, everybody check out Fintech Hunting. Wednesdays it drops. It's on Mortflix and every other platform. Check out Next Level Advisors. Michael's now doing the coaching with, uh, with Christine Beckwith and the 2020 group there, so you're a busy guy, man. Thanks for, thanks for joining us today.
0: Thank you so much, Brian. It was a great pleasure.
1: Thank you.